One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me, as always, Blake Harrison. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm right. I'm all right. We always do that little posh bit when we introduce each other, don't we? Or you normally just go, Stu for about 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. That's how I get into character as the uh, the MMA presenter. I have to sing something or be incredibly posh. Okay. It's okay. quite counterproductive, really, or counterintuitive to uh, MMA podcasting, really, singing and acting all posh, but, you know. How are you? We do what we can. You just wanted to cut me off there. The yeah. Blake's rambling on about a load of shit. How <laughs> <laughs> are oh, you, mate? Come on. Let's get past just all this keep nonsense. Moving, just keep keep, keep, keep it on. moving, guys. Um, yeah, fine. It was a bit of a work busy weekend for me. And also, um, well, let's not be around the bush. It wasn't a great card. Is that rude of me to say? It, it wasn't. It wasn't. <sighs> basically, every fight on the main card went to a decision. And sometimes mm-hmm. you get major, amazing decisions. I know. The Magni Malot fight technically wasn't a decision, mm-hmm. but it was 12 seconds away yep. from one. Uh, and, yeah, I think I wanted a little bit more excitement yeah. and fun overall. We're obviously talking UFC 297. Uh, on this show, we will be taking a look back over all the action and, I guess, in some places, lack of. Um, yeah. It was just, for a numbered card, it felt... It's a bit flat. A bit, yeah, I felt a little deflated at the end of it. Yeah. I was like, I watched the main card first. Me too. Um, I got up early Sunday morning, watched the main card. And then I've got to be honest, I weren't in any rush to watch the prelims. I actually no. went to the Fight Pass prelims to watch our boy Sam Patterson. Me too. Yeah, I did exactly and, the same uh, thing. Uh, and, then, and then watched the prelim card. Yeah. Um, Shall I tell you what also really messed me up? Go on. My son has taken to getting hold of my wife's phone when they're in the car and they do swimming of a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And he's taken to just getting hold of my wife's phone and sending me random gifts and uh, stickers. Right. And honestly, to the point where I'll look at my phone and there's 98 stickers <laughs> of just like a dinosaur with its head blowing off, yeah. a fish with big eyes. Like That's what he's doing at the moment, yeah. just relentlessly sending them Good to lad. me. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. Um and uh, he was sending me some gifts and stuff. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake. And I thought, oh, I'll reply to him because he's just going to keep sending me like 50 mm. at a time. And uh, as I looked in the gifts, I saw a gif of Drickus Duplessis with the belt. No. Yes. Oh, I was shit, mate. fuming. 
I couldn't believe it. I'd stayed off social media. Yeah. I'm really good with that stuff. My mates know not to text me if they stay out like, like I could not oh, believe that's it. Well so, shit, mate. And I had to wait five rounds for it as well. And I thought, oh, come on, Hendrick, let's do this really quick so that I can see how you got the belt on it. And I had to wait for 20 odd minutes of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't a great way to watch the card. So that did negatively impact my enjoyment of the card as well. Yeah. Was the fact that I think I, I knew the result beforehand, which sucked. Um, but yeah, shall we. Well, look, before we jump on, on, I just want to uh, address that that, that camera (sighs) in the middle there and say uh, thank you loads for supporting this because we've been looking at our stats and and everything's going upwards. So um, it's been... It's been really nice to see that. So, so huge thanks to everybody that's uh, that's still listening uh, and has come over to to YouTube to watch the show as well. And uh, big shout out to um, a fantastic comment um, we got at the weekend, which was uh, <laughs> a video of me and Blake uh, talking about there being a new show out. Uh, the first comment on there was, uh, "This is my favourite father son podcast duo." Yeah, I think we know what way that's going. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's start with, uh, with with what we thought was going to be. I mean, this did get fight of the night. Did, to be fair, it wasn't a bad fight. It wasn't like a. I did because they're such both forward pressure fighters, and and because uh, the build up to this fight was what it was. I was expecting more of a crazy all out war, but actually. It was still just a really good fight. And I have to say, I think with both of them, both of them impressed me. I mean, we were talking in the preview show about like, are these two the best two middleweights in the world? And you, to be fair, were particularly dismissive of Sean Strickland. And I think, I think they've got a case. I think we've seen Strickland beat Adesanya. We've seen Duplessis beat Strickland and Robert Whittaker. Mm-hmm. Hamzat Shemaev is out there, sure. Israel Adesanya could come back. But there is a world in which we're looking at the two best middleweights on the planet. And I thought they put out a really good uh, good performance, both of them. I have to say, I scored it for Strickland. Did you? I did. Dana White did. Dana White did. He did. Um, I gave Strickland rounds one, two, and five. I think two and three are quite interchangeable. They could go anyway, but I gave Strickland one, two, and five. What did you? How did you score it? Right. Do you think the right Strickland man won? round one? Uh, I gave two, three, four, and five to Drickus. Wow! So you gave it a forty-nine, forty-six. Mm-hmm. You can't uh, give five to Drickus. Uh, five? Did I give? Sorry, sorry. No, no. One, two, three, four. To Drickus five yep. and one to Strickland. Sorry, I was about my to say, bad. You were about you. Were, <laughs> I was about to let loose. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah no that I think that makes that makes sense. That's I think again two three four maybe can be quite interchangeable, particularly two and three. Uh, but yeah, I, I scored it for Sean Strickland. And look, I'm very happy. I'm I'm very happy that a man like Sean Strickland, after what he did in his like media day as well where he was absolutely going to town on this journalist called Alexander K. Lee who who I actually really like I think he's a good uh, journalist over at MMA fighting he was asking questions about Strickland's previous tweets about LGBTQ community and stuff like that and pulling him up on that I think good on him for doing that Uh, but Strickland's response was to call him like an infection and a weak man and all this stuff and then some other people would 
trolling the journalist, I believe, um, and saying that he and even Dana came out and said that Sean was baited. I'm like, well, it wasn't baited. He's, well, well, he's, I mean, he's, he's we, say, if he's saying this stuff, uh, if he's saying the horrible stuff that he says, mm. and his star is growing. I don't understand it, but his star is growing because of the horrible stuff he's saying, then it's fair game to bring it up. You can't just have it one way. You can't be like, I'm going to say all this awful, horrendous stuff about a group of people, and then uh, when someone calls me out on it, they're the snowflake, and they are just like, they're just doing it for clicks, or they're just, no, you're gaining from saying this stuff. So you know people what? can bring it up in a negative way as well. Like, I think it's important that these conversations that are being had because so much of that MMA community seems to be falling in love with Sean Strickland. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when he walked out in, in, in Toronto, um, oh, sorry, Ontario, like, the roar for him was huge. Yeah. And it's like, I just, yeah. I, it, thankfully, what we saw at the end of the fight prior to the Strickland fight kind of was a really good look for MMA, you know. I think seeing Pennington in there with Tisha Torres and their, oh, their yes. babies and stuff like that just looked wonderful. Yeah. And that's the sort of message is that he's going to progress MMA yeah. to a wider audience and yeah. and not dumbass comments by, by Sean Strickland, former champ Sean Strickland. Um, and just the, 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 the post-fight when they said to Dana, like, you know, are you going to... He asked it. I can't think it was asked Dana that question. I'm, I'm sure he was. He was from the UK. Um, it sounded like it, and he said, uh, you know, calling him out on what Strickland was saying and 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 stuff like that in press conferences. And then I think he referenced that, like you know, keeping him on a leash. And and, yeah. and, and Dana was like, I don't have a leash. No one's and, on a leash. And but I don't again, he just said it's, it's the fight business. And you know, if you don't, you know, Sean Strickland is. You know, you you, you ask questions mm-hmm. like that, you know what you're going to get. It's like, well, no, you shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't get that because mm. it's just not cool. And like, I don't know. Uh, I it, think it, ultimately people don't realise that there's a lot of easily influenced people out there. Mm. And when you've got a man that says women's MMA is rubbish and wearing a T-shirt saying all women should be in the kitchen uh, or something to that effect, um, a woman in every kitchen, a gun in every hand, was it? Sean Strickland, twenty twenty. And I know that he's probably just going, this is funny. It's like I'm running for president and this is the campaign I would run on. And I get that there are people that go, he's just having a laugh. It's just a joke. But... <laughs> There will be people out there that subscribe to that way of thinking and that will influence the relationships they have with people around them Mm. and people will be affected by that. So when there's a a community that is particularly in America with, you know, religion being what it is over there and a very kind of anti-gay narrative in that, when you've got a community like that and they're, you know, lauding a man like Sean Strickland for saying what he says... Um, and there will be gay people within that community. Think about the lives of those people and how negatively it's impacting them, uh, stuff like this and, and the influence that, that a UFC champion has. A UFC champion has a big influence. Mm. So to say that their words mean nothing and it's just a joke, it's just not true. Yeah. Because as we've seen from interactions on social media, the trolls, all that kind of stuff, 
there is a big impact and it can be far reaching. And uh, yeah, it's concerning, particularly if you're part of that community. I'd imagine it's incredibly concerning hearing someone like him with the platform he has saying what he says and there's no kind of ramifications or punishments for it. So he's not the champ anymore, so who cares? Yeah, I mean, but I have to say, look, as much as we on this show will be very honest about who we like and don't like because of certain things about their personality and what they mm-hmm. say and do, and it goes against what we believe. I will, you know, I will judge the fights as fairly as I possibly can. And for for me, Sean Strickland could be one of the best, and he could be the best middleweight in the world because he beat Adesanya, and on my scorecards, he beat Drickus. I know he's not on the judges' scorecards, but on my scorecards, he won round one, two, and five. And... I think his jab is phenomenal. The one-twos, it's like, the, it's like a piston coming at you, that one-two. It, it defensively, such a good striker. Drickus was really struggling to me for the first round and a half to he just took, even get he near took him, him. He took him down piece of piss in that first round. Yeah, but that means and nothing. Like, he got up piece of piss, didn't he? he? He did, right? And again, I scored that round for for for, for Sean. And like, he, his jab and was phenomenal. And he just asserted that range and mm. pace very quickly. Um, in round two, what did I write down for this? Um, Dricker seemed to be frying some pretty wild shots. And yeah. I was thinking, you know, people have questioned his gas tank pre-nose job. And, uh, and he was just frying these wild overhands that were missing by, by some distance. I'm thinking, you're going to blow yourself out here. Yeah. Uh, and again, Sean controlling that pace, keeping him away with that jab. Um, again, took him down easily, Drickers did. Um, and then the, you start to see that swelling over that eye yeah. uh, at the end of the second round. Um, but I thought that he was doing enough with, with, with sort of the, the, the shots to win the, win the second. Um, I think in that third round, Drickers really found his range more uh, and started to kind of... And, and it felt like... Do you know what was weird, right? Sean Strickland never looks out of breath. No. Like... Unbelievable. He's never puffing. Um, But I did think in that third round, he started to look a bit one-dimensional. The pace slowed a little bit, but it was just like that jab. And yes, that jab's super effective. Probably the best jab in the UFC. uh, I mean, yeah. Hard hard push to find someone with a better jab in the UFC. But I think Drickers was asserting more forward pressure then and and connecting more. That's why I scored that round uh, to to, to Drickers. Round four, we saw Sean Cut. Um, but he was landing solid right hands. Um, Drickers, I think them, them hands were landing because Drickers, I think there was so much blood in his eyes, he kept yeah. sort of moving it to, 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 to see. Again, Drickers was getting takedowns. Um, and so that's why I gave that one to, to round four to Drickers. And then, yeah, like I say, I felt in the fifth round, Drickers was pushing with a variety of kicks and shots. He'd he mm. come out. I think they both realised that this could potentially be yeah. the round that, you know, that decides the, the, the outcome of the fight. I thought the last 30 seconds were fun. Yep. You know, they both bit down on the gum shields and, and, and through, but I just just didn't think it was, well, I don't know what, I suppose it, I can see why it was fighting the night. I don't know. It, it it just disappointed me. I wanted more. I wanted it- I wanted a finish. I wanted I wanted Drickus to make a statement. Uh, and 
But does that ju- is that not just a testament to how good Sean Strickland actually is as a fighter? Because I think Drickus did really, really well. Mm. And I think that whole gas tank thing, that's a that's the thing of the past now. Mm. He's just gone five rounds with a cardio machine, Sean Strickland. Mm. And on the judges' scorecards, not mine, but on the judges' scorecards, which is the one that matters, he won the fight. So <sighs> I, I personally think you can't com- you don't I'm not, I don't think I'm gonna be bringing up Drickus's gas tank ever again. No, no, no. That no, is it is not it's, at it's all. done now. He looked like he was puffed. Him, but it didn't slow him down at all. No, he went like, for it. It was phenomenal. And his face was pieced out. Both of them walked through it. Because they say Strickland had a really nasty cut. Drickus's face at the end of the fight in that post-fight press conference mm. is all over the shop. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, I think what was unfortunate was it was such a... Um, a long card until it got to that main event. Mm. Had there been a finish in the fight before and a finish in the fight before that or, or, or something like that, then I think this five-round fight would have been much more it's palatable really for people. That's a really good point, mate. Because I, I, I think it was good, but it was just... It was good, but not amazing. And it was at the end of a really long main and, card and, and, that and wasn't the most exciting. main that no one was really that excited about. No. And it didn't deliver fireworks no. either. So. No. And we, we, we will obviously be getting onto that and we have to speak about that. But before we do, I suppose what we got to ask ourselves is, is what's next for both of them? Because, again, look, we say what we say about Sean. I don't want to keep going over it, but he's really bloody good. And I think we've underestimated Sean Strickland for a really long time. And now he's at like kind of the peak of his powers. And I, I tell you what, you match Strickland up against anyone in that middleweight division, and I think he's got a really good chance of winning. A really good chance. Mm. You're not convinced, are you? you, you you're not convinced. Uh, I think if we see a win from Bobby Knuckles uh, in a few weeks' time, uh, I think he he beats uh, Sean Strickland. I'm not convinced. Um, I'd love that fight, though. Yeah, that I, is a I, fight I, I'd love I to think, see. I think Hamzat beats him comfortably. Uh, but you see the way Strickland gets and, up. And, I and wonder, also, I'll tell you what, Hamzat, I don't know that he's got a gas tank on him. Hamzat right. versus Strickland in a five-round fight? I don't know, man. I... I'd maybe slightly favour Strickland. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I'm sounding crazy now. Hamzat could take him down. I think he could definitely take him down. Can he keep him down? Strickland's so good at getting to his feet. We're talking about a match that's probably never going to happen. But like, All right, so- I don't know. I just, I, just, I just want to be really transparent about the fact that I, I'm not letting my dislike of what he says and stands for yeah. affect my opinions on him yeah, as a absolutely. fighter. And I just like to make that clear because I think, you know, that wouldn't that wouldn't be right. But let's get on to what's next for the champ. What's next for Drickus Duplessis, do you think? Right, well, look, the, the, the narrative's there for uh, Izzy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, At UFC 300. Uh, is the na- That's what I'm hearing, is that Bilal Leon is not no longer a UFC 300 fighter. Yeah. And it will be Drickus and Izzy, Dana says he's going to announce something that's next a, that's week. That's a bigger fight than, than Bilal oh, Leon. Yeah, obviously. That saying, doesn't it? That, that, that's, a, that's a huge fight. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I, I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. Right, so I'll makes a lot of sense. Is Drickus going to be... I mean, his face took an absolute beating, didn't well, it? Is he going to be ready in time? 
So just looking at the middleweights, right? We we we, we mentioned Hamza there. Like, are we going to see Pereira back at middleweight anytime? No, you don't think so. No, you don't think he just thinks. Do you know what? I'll come back. No. Ryan Atricus. No, no, no. Cool chapro. <laughs> 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 no, absolutely not. He's getting older. The weight cut is a lot. You think there's a big... It's not like featherweight to lightweight or anything like that. It's it's a big jump between yeah. light, heavy and middle. Uh, what is it, like 20 pounds? Mm. Like, it's a lot of weight. He's a big lad even at light heavyweight, really. Mm. I don't know how he ever made middleweight. Um, he's a champion. Why is he going to go and... Nah. Do you think Drickus will go up? Not yet. It's too many contenders. Uh, I also would hate that. Just my own personal thing is I want three title defences before you even think mm. about moving up. Like, I don't even want to see Islam Makhachev move up yet. Mm. I want to see him defend that belt again before he even thinks about moving up. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I don't want to see it. I think Drickus is aware that he needs to get a couple of belts, but Drickus has mentioned that he'd like to do it. Mm. Um, but I don't really want to see it. Um I think Izzy at UFC 300 is what they're going to try and do. Yeah. I mean, and that makes UFC 300. When's 300? April 13th. Uh, it's a quickish turnaround, but you're Drickus Duplessis, yeah, and they're going, we want you to turn around quick, which he had a problem with last time, but it was only like six weeks last time. This is a bit longer, but it's not just for a title shot or something like that against Izzy. This is your headlining UFC 300. Mm. Maybe Connor will beat it in terms of pay-per-view buys, but this UFC 300 will be up there as one of the all-time pay-per-view buys. You've got, let's say, Drickus is fighting Adesanya. Then you've got Holloway Gaethje. You've got, is it uh, Sarukian and uh, Oliveira? Cater, Sterling. I'm sure there's other matchups. Bobby mm. Green, Jim Miller. Oh, Yeri versus Rakic. That card is absolutely stacked. Mm. And you can be the main guy at the top of that bill with all those pay-per-view points. I mean... Yes, I mean, come on, that's So what's the conversation money. he's going to have with himself? Huge like that, money. Everything you've just said there is everything you want as a fighter. Mm-hmm. However, he's going to be sitting there today sore as shit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you wonder how much damage that eyes took. You wonder, is his nose bust again? Um, I don't know. Um, so I guess he's going to think... Do I sit this out and wait and see if they organise a, a, a UFC in Africa? Uh, and if that's the case, I fight Izzy there because the narrative is leaning towards that being a great fight to headline in in, in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, the allure of 300 is the think, biggest thing, isn't it? I think as long as he's not got like broken bones or torn yeah. ligaments or something like that, something serious, if it's just kind of like tissue damage, face damage, mm. whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, I think you got to go for it, man. Yeah. I think you got to go for it. Um, it, it just, it's just so much money. Mm. It's so much money to fight a guy like Izzy and to have the undercard that that, that card will have. Yeah. Uh, Zhang Weili uh, defending her belt as well against Yan Zhanan. It's, 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 it's... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think I think it's a no-brainer. Mm. As long as you're physically capable of doing it, I think it's a no-brainer. Because uh, the money will be astronomical with those pay-per-view points as a champ. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ian Gary chimed in. Uh, uh, on Sean Strickland. Oh, uh, right, I didn't see this. Yeah, just basically saying uh, just how, how poor that fight was uh, and and Harry's uh, definitely sort of thinking at some point he'll move up. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it was a poor fight. I mm. think that those two guys are actually way better than we ever thought they were. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a poor fight at all. I think Strickland is a really difficult guy to work out. Mm. I think he's really tough to work out. Um, I do, you, think... do you not think that, 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 that Bobby Knuckles just wrestles him comfortably? No, because I haven't seen anyone be able to keep him down. Who's kept him down? <sighs> Take him down, yeah, but no. who's kept him down? Drickus did know... Drickus... Drickus big brothered Robert Whittaker on the ground. Mm. He took him down with that judo throw and just pieced him up. Like mm. the bell saved Robert Whittaker mm. in that first round, really, because he was on the floor getting elbowed. Why don't to you hell. like Robert Whittaker anymore? I What's love happened? Robert Whittaker. Don't do that to me. Um, but I can't believe but he you couldn't now do it like to Sean Strickland, Strickland and don't like Bobby Knuckles. Honestly, no, but he couldn't. He couldn't. Drickus <laughs> couldn't do that to Sean Strickland. <laughs> Could he? He couldn't. No, no you're Sean's right. Got, you're right. And again, I told you that, that, that Strickland's fought mainly strikers. We said this in the preview show. He hasn't fought many wrestlers. Mm. Uh, and he was still able to get back to his feet. The last person to be able to do to him what Drickers did was Kamara Usman down at mm. welterweight. And again, Usman mm. kind of dominated him. Mm. But he didn't keep him down for ages. And I mean, we've got to see what, what else Usman's plans are at middleweight, right? I'd, yeah, I mean, Usman, I have no idea what he's doing. I'd like to see Usman up at middleweight. I think he should do that, but who knows? He might drop back down to, to Welter. I'm not sure. Um, the the guys out there, I, I think the easy fight will happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and I think who's left is 
Strickland could fight Hamza in an amazing number one contender fight. I mean, I don't really like that so much because I don't want to see Strickland beat Hamza and then get an immediate title shot. It's a bit like the Oliveira thing. Oliveira beat Benil Dariush. He now has to fight Sarukin before getting the belt. I don't like the idea. Even though they did book it, yeah. I was never a fan of Oliveira just fighting one guy, yeah. winning and then getting a title shot again. Even though he had had a few title defenses. Strickland hasn't defended mm. that belt. He's lost it immediately. He should go and get two or two wins mm. before doing it. So, yeah, so if you've put him up against Hamzat now, then that feels like a number one contender fight. So I wouldn't want to see that. Maybe he goes and fights, I don't know, a Brendan Allen or someone on the rise in that division. Yeah, let's not sleep um, on Brendan Allen, mate. No, I think he's good. I mean, i tell you who's coming up. Maybe is it the next pay-per-view is Ikram Aliskerov. Mm-hmm. That guy looks the business mm. at middleweight. So, uh yeah. Who's he fighting? Delizade? I don't know. No, he's not fighting Delizade. Imarov's fighting Delizade Imar- like a yeah, fight so, night. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's fighting anyone of note. He's not fighting anyone yeah. ranked or anything like that. But just wait. 2025 could be the year of Alaskarov as long as he stays fit and healthy. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, <sighs> Raquel Pennington. So, is did you the call this? Did you say it's going to be a lot of pushing against the cage? I did say I that. I think you did, didn't you? I, well, I tell you what. I, I, I called that there's a very big possibility for that. I mean... I also called that. I called. I, I wanted Bruno Silva to win, and I said I, I thought Bruno Silva could win it. But one thing I did say was that as the fight goes on, I can see Pennington, the momentum shifting in Pennington's favour, and her winning. I didn't really realise how quickly that momentum would shift. Mm. It was like halfway through the second round, Bruno Silva was just like, "I am shattered." Mm. And I expected that to happen in like the third or fourth. I didn't didn't expect it to happen so quick. Um, and it really let her down because I think technique-wise, in that clinch with the elbows, definitely in terms of the grappling and submission attempts, Bueno Silva's better. Mm. The problem was she got knackered after about seven minutes. I think in that tight clinch she is, but I it. think there was a lot of wrestling involved in there. And and I I, I don't know. I, I thought Pennington just controlled her really easily. You know, not in the first round. That's like, what I'm saying. I think yeah. it was tiredness that did it. I don't think it was yeah. skill set. But, I think Bueno Silva got absolutely just shattered. And then that was it. Pennington just took over from there. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was... I mean, don't get me wrong. Seeing Pennington get the strap, great. She's put a, she's put a good shift in over the years, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it, it was lovely, as she's we like said earlier. She's 35 years old or something yeah. as well. You know, like, that's, that's quite old for... Is she maybe the oldest ever female champion? Possibly. Potentially, I think. Um, and, 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 you know, great, great to... As we mentioned earlier, seeing her with Tisha in there afterwards, you know, just absolutely a, a much better look for MMA. I agree. And uh, and and yeah, and great to see uh, the, the 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 former champ in the crowd as well, um, giving the hugs out as well, and and talking about how much he loves Pennington and Tisha. Yeah, yeah, it's just a a, a great look. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Pena's obviously there in the rafters, isn't she? With plenty of She's made a lot of noise. And, uh, Good luck to Pena because I don't think anyone massively cares about her fight style. She was very verbal in the in trying to get the Nunes fight and then she did it and she won that first mm. fight, which was shocking. And from that point on, she's a former champ and she's the person that beat the GOAT, uh, even though Amanda Nunes righted that wrong immediately afterwards. And she's but, a bigger name than Pennington. Yeah, like, but that's the thing. But, but but what I'm saying is credit to her because I think she does a lot of talking that helps her out. Mm. And 
whether you agree with it or disagree with it or whatever, she is, again, she's not being horrible and offensive or anything like that to groups of people, but she is, you know, talking trash about her opponents, all that stuff. I mean, she was on Helwani, like, pretending to announce that this fight was happening because no one was talking about it. That's kind of amusing. It's, you know, it's it's disrespectful. Yeah, he's very, very but it's, funny, it's, it's funny. Yeah. And it's like, you know, well, yeah, good on you then because you're going to get that fight next. Yeah. And... Um, does she have the chance to beat Pennington? For sure. Pennington's on a great run, though. Let's not underestimate the fact. Mm. I think she's on a six-fight win streak now. Yeah. So we'll have to see. But the problem is Raquel Pennington is not traditionally a finisher. She is not the most exciting fighter in the world. And having her as champ doesn't do a huge amount for the division. It's great for her. I'm really pleased for her. Yeah. But it doesn't set the division on fire. And I kind of felt like Bueno Silva coming off of three finishes, one of them against Holly Holm, and that you don't see that very often. If she'd have won this fight, and I think the only way she would have won it was by finish. Yeah. That's excitement. That's like, oh, we've got someone in here that's finishing people. Yeah. That's someone you can get behind. This is less so, um, yeah, less exciting. So, um, Shall yeah. we move on? Let's move on. And can we skip? Can we skip to Arnold Allen? Uh, got... I'm just not sure which one I've lined up next. Oh, I have, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's well, good. look at that. There's the almighty. There's the almighty one. I feel like Alan was slightly hard done by. I personally, and I know I'm a huge Arnold Allen. This is where my bias can take effect. I'm a huge Arnold Allen fan, and I also think he's a lovely, lovely bloke. But for me, I gave round one to Arnold Allen. Mm-hmm. because I think predominantly because of the body shots. I mm-hmm. think he was ripping to the body really well. Throughout the whole fight. Yep. Uh, and I think he blocked a lot of Evloev's strikes and Evloev's wrestling that he was able to get off wasn't like impactful. We didn't like slam him down or anything like that. So I gave round one to Alan. I think round two is easily the clearest fight of the round. And that was Evloev jumping knee, sat him down with a jab a little bit. Like it, that was a good round for Evloev. Um, and then round three... I think Alan again. I think Alan ripped body. I think it was clear that Alan won round three, in my opinion. Um, the illegal knee stuff, that was a tricky one. I've seen Goddard come out with a tweet about it. And the problem seems to be, as for a fan as well, is like these different states and different parts of the world seem to have different rules for what constitutes a grounded opponent. Right. That's so frustrating, man. It must be hard for the fighters as well. Because it's like, me as a fan, I'm watching it and I'm going... Hang on, a couple of weeks ago or recently, I can't think of the fighters involved, but we've seen fighters get into that kind of front headlock position and lift the fighter up and knee them in the head and a fighter was sort of like dragging their hand slightly on the floor Mm. and the ref was like, no, those strikes are legal because you have to be like placed on the floor. You can't be just dragging your hand, you have to be placed. So you go, oh, that's the rule. And then they end up in Ontario or wherever they were on, on Saturday night. And he's like, no, that was illegal because his fingers were dragging on the canvas. You're like, mm. why can't it just be the same everywhere? Give us all a chance to fully understand it. Um, so that I think is really frustrating. And I think the other thing is it'd be interesting to know how the judges score those knees. Mm. Because, again, from my interpretation of it, the last one was illegal but the other ones, he was able to lift him and knee him. Mm. I don't know which knee caused the cut. It could have been a multitude of them or whatever, but out of four knees, mm. one of them was borderline illegal. Mm. 
or was illegal or whatever. But three of them might have been legal and maybe those are the three that caused the cut and did loads of damage. In that case, those knees, the legal ones, should be scored fairly and the other ones shouldn't be scored. But if those yep. early knees caused that cut and did so much damage, which I think they did, then that is definitely Arnold Allen's round. Okay. Right, I'm going to open up the rankings here to see, you know, what what this what this means. So we're now going to see uh, Movsar rank number four. Can we just can we talk a little bit more about the fight? Okay, just because I think that it was it. I, I, I didn't it, I didn't I, I didn't score it the same as you. I, yeah, I, well, come on, tell me yeah. how you scored it. Uh, I, I I thought Arnold uh, took the first round, but I thought he lost two and three. You thought like, he lost three? Yeah. I um, thought he was clearer that he won three than won one. Really? Yeah. Um, I did think then body shots in the first round were, were really nice. But you just wonder what these judges are looking for. Yeah. You know, I thought that Arnold done really well when he when he was wrestled. There was some really interesting kind of... Uh, he was great. Yeah. Um, and fucking hell, you know, he's, he's one of our favourite fighters. You know, mm. we, we love Arnold Allen. And, and I just think it's a real... I mean, do you know what... Can I say as well, I hope I'm all right saying this. I messaged Arnold. Right. And I said to him, like, hard luck type thing, hope you're okay. I thought you won rounds one and three. And, uh, yeah, and I wished him all the best. And he came back to me, and I hope it's okay me saying this. He said, I thought so too. Mm. And I don't know if he would have watched it by that point or if it's just how he felt in the fight itself. Maybe his fine mind would change if he's watched it or whatever, I don't know. But... It just must be so disheartening yeah. to go out there and think you win. And a lot of people, I think, thought he won. I don't think I'm on my own saying I thought he won that fight. And uh, and you don't get it. You just get the one paycheck. And not only that, but that it really halts his progression, as you're about to talk about, I guess, in the rankings. It's such a shame. And I need to mention one more thing. Dominic Cruz on the commentary. Right. I thought he had a mare. Uh, I mean, he was talking about... And look, Dominic Cruz, as a technical analyst, is, I think, one of the best in the world. I think he's brilliant. Far be it from me to overly criticise someone that's been a former champion of the UFC and has been a pundit for so long. But when he, in two fights, was talking about, well, it scored on damage and and look at the cut on his face. Like, Arnold Allen had that cut under his eye and then later on, I think they spoke about the cut in the, I think they were looking at either the damage on Strickus's face or the cut on Strickland or whatever. And Cruz's thing was he was trying to say, well, the judges are going to give it to Evloev because of the cut under Allen's, uh, mm. under his eye. It's like, but that's not how fights are scored, mate. It's scored round by round. You don't, and John Anik even had to pull him up on it mm. in the Drickus and Strickland fight. He let it go with mm. the Alan Devloev fight, but then he had to stop him in the Drickus and Strickland fight and say, you know, mate, it, that's not how fights are scored. They're scored round by round. You can't say, oh, look at the, the damage on his face. It's like, yeah, but what round was that done in? If you absolutely smash my face up in round one, but then I beat you in rounds two and three, yeah. I win because I've. I've won the rounds. It's, it's not about accumulative damage across the fight. It's about the damage within that round. And I found it really frustrating. And, and that, because obviously it was against Arnold as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it of course. extra annoyed yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I really felt like he did a bad job there. And he, he, he sold Arnold short because he was trying to propagate a narrative of like, 
oh, Arnold should lose this fight because of this cut under his eye. And it's like, no, mate, that happened, I believe, in the second round. So he lost the second round, sure, but one and three, they're up for grabs. Anyway, that's me just getting on my soapbox and having a little rant. Um, so, so Max has got a fight lined up. Ortega, Yair have got fights lined up. Yep. Ilya Tapuria has obviously got something coming up big. Yep. Uh, Josh Emmett is fighting... No one, is he? He's got... Oh, no, 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 no. Josh Emmett... He was hoping to get the Max Holloway fight, but that's, that's now right. not going to happen. Obviously, so he's coming off that huge he just win over... Bryce Mitchell, oh, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he did. Uh, I don't know if Josh... Uh, yeah, if uh, Bryce Mitchell's uh, come round yet. Um, that fight could make sense, you know. Arnold versus... Uh, Josh. Versus Josh. Um, but Evluev, what's next for him? For me? I mean... I if I think it'll be hard to make this happen because I think there's too many things going on. I'd give him a title shot. I think his next fight could be a title shot. It's 18 and 0. All right, I don't feel like he won this fight in the scorecards, but it was a close fight and he did really really well in it. Like I'm not saying it was a robbery or anything. He you know, I, I think he lost the fight, but by no means a robbery. It was round 1 was was close. Um I I can I, I would want to I'd I really want to see him fight Tapuria, man. But then the problem is is if Volk beats Tapuria, I think you can throw Evloev against Volk next. I think that makes all the sense in the world. If Tapuria beats Volk, then the chances are Volk's gonna get an immediate rematch. And if Tapuria beats Volk and Max Holloway well, if Max Holloway beats Gaethje for the BMF belt, surely he's doing more up at lightweight. Maybe he's getting a crack at the lightweight belt. Yeah. Who knows? But uh yeah, but so uh, it'd be really interesting to see what happens with Max Holloway because if he loses, he could. I don't know that you'd want to give him a title shot off the back of a loss. So maybe Evloev gets like a Max Holloway fight. Or if maybe Tapuria he gets the winner Volk. of uh, Ortega. Uh... What, Max Holloway? No, no, no Evloev. Evloev. Yeah, yeah Evloev, if it, that's what I'm saying. If that's yeah. tied up and, and Volk gets the rematch against uh, Tapuria. What's, what else is there for Evloev? That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The, the winner of Yair Ortega makes a lot of sense. Because the other thing is, Volk is clearing out that division. You know, mm. If you go back to the rankings a second, like we look down at those rankings and see who Volk has, uh, has beaten on, he, on his run as champ. He's beaten number one, Max Holloway. Number two, number three. Uh, well, he's going to fight number five. I mean... Arnold Allen, obviously, he's coming off two losses now. He's not going to get in there. Josh Emmett, with another win, could get in there. But, yeah, there's, it's like, Volker's done enough to clear out the top of that division. So, it needs fresh blood. I'd, I'd happily throw Evloeb straight in there, especially if Max is busy doing other stuff at lightweight. Um, and, obviously, Max can't fight Volk again. No one wants to see that fight a fourth mm. time. So, yeah, it, it's so much could happen on the back of Ilya Tapuria versus Volk at UFC 298. I think that's going to be a huge, uh, I don't know, catalyst for like what happens next with with that yeah. division. Okay. Should we move on? Yep. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, what one do you want to talk? No. <laughs> Why have you done this? <laughs> because I what? couldn't concentrate for the whole of that fight because Mike Malott, He's the spitting image of Stifler. I could not deal with it. Why? I don't think he looks like oh him at all, God. does he? He pulls that face right there all the time. And every time he was doing it, I was like, I can't deal with this. I cannot deal. I don't see it. 
I don't. I don't know what you're seeing. I don't know why I'm seeing you're seeing Stifler. St- I don't. I mean, <laughs> I'm just gonna have to gloss over that because I don't. How does that look like Stifler? Looks I'm nothing gonna, like I'm gonna him. pull up some more pictures of when he goes full Stifler, mate. Oh that goodness me! Um, uh, right, right. Well, what a comeback! What a comeback for Neil Mac. Can I write? Can I read to you what I wrote in my notes because I left it in here with two minutes left of the fight? Right, okay. With two minutes left of the fight... So this is going to be you being a smug tosser, isn't it? No. Oh. No, with two minutes left of the fight, this is what I had written down. Right. Is Magny done? He's been dominated twice by these contenders. Is Malo- are Malot and Gary that good or has Magni deteriorated? Maybe Magni is now a gatekeeper to the rankings rather than a gatekeeper within the rankings. And then I looks up from my little iPad and I went, oh, <laughs> where's Malot gone? Magni is absolutely smashing him to pieces. I, I, I don't know if I remember a fight changing so dramatically so quickly. Uh, when do we're not you so- do you think it was that dramatic? Yeah, like I I, I thought Malot was 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 blowing like long before that. I, I didn't see it. I just saw Malot dominate him for what I felt was twelve minutes, twelve and a half yeah. minutes of the fight, and then all of a sudden, I don't know. Magni got to his feet after being on the ground and. Slammed him down and Malot had nothing. He had nothing off his back. He had no energy. It was just, he looked like he just gave up. At the end of the fight, it wasn't like he had suffered a huge knockout. He did and not get of, up. He didn't get up. He was sat there with ice on Someone was putting ice on his face when, when, when they raised Magny's hand either. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, as the fight was announced, uh, the, 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 um, w- the winner was announced, whatever, uh, Bruce Buss was there announcing that Magny won. He didn't even get up and stand next to whoever was refereeing. I don't know if it was Goddard or whoever, um, and be there to clap him or, or, or to just be there mm. as, as fighters usually do. Fighters get knocked out severely and they're there doing that. Mm. He was just sat down with his coach icing his face uh, and I he think, couldn't even get up. I, I, I think some really of that bad was on just, cardio. you're at home. This is your big homecoming. You know, this is... You think it was emotional? I, than... I think a lot of that was like, I don't know how to deal with this. Right, um, interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, he was raining down blows. But for me, watching that fight, Malot was throwing lots of leg kicks. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that, like, he weren't using his hands. And his striking's really good. And he just didn't mm. seem to be doing that as much as as I think he should have. <laughs> uh, but what do I know? But I mean, I thought he did everything right for about 12 and a half minutes. Yeah. He was in complete control of that fight. Mm-hmm. Complete control. Mm. Leg kicks in the first round, takedowns and ground mm. games, that's showing an all-round game. Mm. And then it just, I don't know, it just evaporated. It just well, went. must have just thought, look, do you know what? I'm getting very, very comfortable at this gate, which opens to the 170 rankings. And uh, I ain't going to give that up. And uh, I'm just going to finish this fight now. And uh, and that's what Magni done. Secured that little placement, standing at the gates of that division. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I was so shocked. I was mm. really shocked when that happened. I couldn't believe what I was watching uh, when he you just know, I was, started. I was happy for Neil Magni. I was kind of happy uh, for Neil Magni. You know, because he got he got absolutely humiliated by by Ian Gary, uh, and that was a beatdown. And and I think you know to be the the the, the guy walking into. You know that arena fight, fighting the 
the next prospect in his hometown, it was all stacked against him. And it looked like it was all going against him. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Magny pulled it off. Yeah. Good on him. Good on him. Good on him. Good on him. Keeps his ranking. And I don't know what's next for Malot. He has to go back to the drawing board. But uh, he looked great for most of that fight. It he just, did, but he just, just blew his Malot at the end. Um, let's move on. Ah, yeah, let's jump. We can skip over Curtis and Barrio because it wasn't a great fight. Round three was fun at the end. They just started scrapping at the end, but it was a bit too little too late. It was too little too late. Um, I mean, I'll tell you, you didn't muck about our boy Sam Patterson. Oh, mate, phenomenal stuff. Well done, Sam Patterson. I mean, I was like, I I always get concerned when fighters move up in weight Mm -hmm. because... As much as they're probably going to keep some durability, keep... Uh, so Sam's moved up to 170, hasn't yes, he? Yes, yes, he's yeah. gone from lightweight to 170, which he sounds like he's very happy with, and he sounds like that's where he should have been maybe yeah. all along. We know that the weight cuts can deplete your durability as a fighter, and he got viciously knocked out by Ashmus in uh, in London last year uh, in his debut. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's probably a good thing, but the only worry is obviously he's fighting people with way more power now. But if you don't let them hit you, it doesn't matter. And he didn't get hit, really, did he? A- absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, phenomenal stuff. Uh, got it to the ground again. That kind of front headlock position, and he's so dangerous now. He's got those long arms, those kind of blade-like slim arms that can just when it going for those like. I saw a lot of ninja chokes being attempted throughout mm. the night. I don't know why that's becoming like a – it's in fashion now or something. Mm. Um, but, you know, he's got that good kind of like dars, ninja chokes, rear nakeds, all that kind of stuff. He's got a really good uh, kind of choke game, really. Mm. Um, he said, so, didn't he, post-fire, once I've got you down, I've got yeah. you there. Like, I've got yeah, you back. You, oh, I've got you. Um, and, yeah, you know, getting that finish first round – uh, again, fighting a Canadian in his own back garden, uh, a real solid boost for for for, for Sam Patterson. Great, mm-hmm. great to see. I mean, such a, a gent as well. The minute he didn't didn't run. What's he round, looking for? Did he uh, drop a contact? He just, no, no, yeah, he just dropped his watch. Dropped his contacts. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like just stood up, didn't celebrate, bowed to his opponent. Uh, and just double humble, you know. Yeah. The Canadian, you know, one of the early fights and yeah. one of the hometown boys. So I don't think any Canadian men won that night. No, I think um, they went 0-7. Uh, two women won. Jazz Davisius and, and Gillian Robertson won. Yeah. I think the, the men were like 0-7. It was a bad night for the Canadian men. I can't remember what the stats were on, I think, eight out of... How many fights were there? 11 fights? I can't think of any of there was. I think there was more than those in uh, fights. I think there was maybe like 14 or 15. 14. And I think it was something like, was it like 11 of the favourites lost? Like it was the, the, really? the, the, the betting stats, yeah, would, would, would lend you to, wow. to to see that was a, a bit of a crazy one. But um, it gets the win, which is great. Uh, we, I spoke to Sam yesterday and, uh, and we was meant to have had him on in the lead up to this fight, but he got poorly. Um, great to see he recovered, got that win. And he said, when I get back from Canada, he will come into the studio and have a chat. So we're holding you to it, Sam. So uh, we'll have uh, we'll have uh, our boy Sam Patterson in this studio very soon. We we touched on the Chris Curtis fight. I mean, Chris <laughs> Curtis does not excite me as a fighter in any way, shape, or form. I know he's Sean Strickland's boy, and that's probably why he's on that card. I, he was on that card quite high, uh, and I, I didn't really understand why that was. After Evluev Allen, I don't know, but uh, thought the fight was 
quite uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to touch on this. Yeah, um, sure. Frankie Edgar uh, announced that he's going to get inducted into the, the UFC Hall of Fame. I mean, one absolute legend. Yeah. Um, it was only a matter of time. I just think for what he also done in regards to kind of getting the UFC into New York yes. uh, was, was fantastic. And, and just watching, you know, from, I guess, for me, very early on in, in, in my journey of watching MMA, Frankie was, was the man and continued to be the man. And, yeah, win, lose or draw, just always an absolute gentleman and pro. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. Like I, I, I missed a lot of the heyday of, of, of Frankie Edgar, yeah. that kind of, again, those BJ Penn fights and being a champion yeah. up you at you lightweight as well. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so for me, Frankie Edgar was always that guy in, like, the kind of top five that yeah. was really good and scrappy but never actually, like, a champion in the time that I was yeah. kind of watching the, uh, the UFC regularly. And then, obviously, he dropped down to bantamweight and still did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but towards the end of that career, especially after that Corey Sandhagen knockout, Jesus, that was that was brutal. Uh, it all uh, all started going a bit awry for him. And, and it's a shame that he didn't get the kind of Robbie Lawler retirement because he fought Gutierrez, didn't he? And, yeah. and again, got knocked out quite quickly. Yeah. Um, it's a shame that he didn't get more of the the Robbie Lawler treatment, where he could yeah. walk off into the uh, sunset and yeah. you know with his hand raised and everything. Sorry, Frankie, I tried to keep it really positive, <laughs> and I thought I'm not going to mention the Sandhagen knockout because that's probably the last thing you want to talk about. Harrison here, chime straight in. Sorry, about mate. your piss poor retirement and getting ironed out by Corey. Oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that. I mean. But- but, but but a legend, a legend. Yeah, and yeah, again, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now yeah, he no, says yeah. it. <laughs> but no, but, but and what is amazing is that he was undersized and still a champ and still doing really, really well. Like he should probably have been fighting a bantamweight his entire yeah, career, yeah, yeah. and yeah. he was up at lightweight smashing it. So well done him. Sorry about the Sanhagen thing. Um, uh, so uh, Charles Woodson got a great win. And, uh, <laughs> This was so weird. We're talking, obviously, Charles Jordan uh, and Sean Woodson uh, at one four five. Crazy, right? It was just weird because Bruce Buffer announced it perfectly. I like, didn't think so. Yeah, he did. I thought I'd he listened I to th- it. It was absolutely fine. I thought he said Charles Woodson. No, he didn't. He said Sean Woodson. Really? No, what I've heard is that it was so loud in the arena at that moment in time mm. that you couldn't quite hear what he said. The crowd erupted, which made Jorgain go, oh, it's me, I've won it. Woodson's gone, oh, he's thinking he's won it, so yeah. I haven't won it. And, uh, and yeah, and, and so there was confusion. Then DC has to come in and be like, no, Sean won the fight. You didn't win the fight, Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what but, but, a kick in the dick for Jordan! Oh, <laughs> it and it was a good fight. Yeah, I really liked that yeah. fight. I like both those fighters. I've been a bit big fan of Jordan for a while. I think he's really good. And Sean Woodson's just got one of those body types that I like, where he's just really tall and long for the division. It just yeah. makes me think there's hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you like Dan Hooker, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Anyone that's sort of like Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker, yeah. Sean Woodson, mm-hmm. Zabit Magomed Sheripov, mm-hmm. they're my guys. The Love tall, it. skinny guys, they're my guys. <laughs> Love it. Um, there were some other fights on the car, but oh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to reference before we uh, uh, we call time on this one? No, nah, Armfield beat Katona. That was a good fight, fun fight, competitive. Uh, Gillian Robertson, I think she's now like smashing it with records. Maybe she's got like, I know it was, this was a TKO, but I don't know if she's got the most subs in women's MMA in, in right. the UFC. Oh, okay. Um, 
But she's starting to get up there in records now. She's been around for a while, Gillian Robertson. Never a title challenger, mm-hmm. but she's, you know, she's putting down the stats, I think, now. And she's one of these people that if she keeps going for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. she'll have the records for like maybe like, I don't know, octagon time, yeah. finishes, all that kind of stuff and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for Gillian Robertson. Well, we've got a couple more events coming up very soon. Then it's time for 298. Uh, yes. Which is looking decent. 299. Ooh. And 300s oh. getting better when and better. When is 298? About three weeks' time. Oh, mama. Yeah, that's going to be a good one, I think. Right. 299 is phenomenal. And then obviously 300 is looking really good now as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. So Simafov, the lid's a next, isn't it? I believe uh, that's the next event coming up. I might be wrong, but you know, I think I'm trying to pull is. it up now. Really, what would be good is you could use this massive screen to do that, Stu, but don't worry about it, mate. Yeah, Delidze Imarvov on February 4th. Hermanson <laughs> uh, Pfeiffer. And Joe oh, Pfeiffer, yeah, yeah. It's, the, I mean, uh, that's a big step up for him. That's really, really uh, good, but he does look very good. And then February 18th, Volkanovski to Poria. <sighs> Volkanovski always seems to fight around my wife's birthday. Uh, my wife's birthday is just sort of before that. And he also, and it means that, like, I never get to watch the fights properly because we're doing something. It's annoying. She's very selfish, my wife, having birthdays around vault fights. Unbelievable. It's true. Um, thanks ever so much for listening or watching. Uh, if you're listening and you've not yet had a watch of this show, head over to YouTube, just search MMA Fan Show. Come and check out us in our Swish new studio. Um, we'll be back next time. Uh, we've got some guests lined up. Uh, we'll hopefully have, as mentioned earlier, Sam Patterson, when he gets back from Canada, pop in by. Uh, we've got some Cage Warrior stuff coming up that we're excited about, so hopefully tell you some more stuff about that in the future. Apart from that, we is done. We is done. We'll see you later. Bye, guys. Subscribe. <laughs>